Hey guys, welcome to the Marriage Millennials Podcast. It is 8.23 a.m. on Tuesday, September 25th. Welcome back and thanks for listening again. And if you're new, hey, we're your host, Rochelle. And Samuel Shoyola. Creators of MarriageMillennials.com, which is a blog that discusses God's design for family, teaches millennials to honor Christ before marriage, and prepares them for family. We like to give some clarity to the blog and podcast with the following disclaimer, which is that we do not address specific issues about marriage at this time. Instead, our current focus is teaching millennials to honor Christ before a spouse and with one, while preparing them for family if that is a current desire that they have. Alright, before we get started, as always, we want to tell you where you can keep the convo going with us after the end of the podcast, as well as some housekeeping for the site. So this will be posted on the site, Marriage for Millennials. So if you have any questions, feel free to comment below on the post, or you can also hit the Facebook page, backslash MF Millennials. Rose Twitter and IG handle are at Rochelle Shoyola, and mine is at Samuel Shoyola. So feel free to follow and talk with us there as well. Also, the podcast is on iTunes and SoundCloud. So subscribe so you won't miss an episode. Just type Marriage for Millennials in the search bar and it'll pop up for you. Last thing, if you've been following or even if you haven't, there are a ton of cool things on the site from books to free courses, products, and more. So feel free to check that out as well. Alrighty, guys, let's jump in. Happy Tuesday, everyone. Happy Tuesday. Y'all doing all right today? Um, yeah, we hope that you had a great week. Um, last week there was no podcast um, because Sam was traveling for work across the globe. Uh, fancy, fancy. Yep. Um, I was going to do the podcast solo, but I was like, eh, I don't think it'll be the same. Um, we really love doing it together. Um, so I just decided I'd rather just wait for him to get back. Um, but nevertheless, we are back. Back with a new podcast talking about gender roles. Uh, the topic of gender roles is, is pretty much an old one, like it's an oldie but goodie, but it's the topic that still causes some confusions in just our culture, our discussions, and homes today, um, at least we believe so. So, um, you know, who should be cooking, who should be washing the dishes, who should be mowing the lawn, um, you know, is God clear about these roles? And so that's what we want to talk about today. I know there's probably um, some people who listen to this who, like ourselves, just recently got married um or maybe you've just been married for a year and you're just kind of like well what is God's will for me in regards to my role in taking care of my home so we wanted to talk about that today yeah and um let's start let's start here I think that it would be a good it would be good if we explained our backgrounds of course we are just our we we're, we're just giving our perspectives not necessarily God's but we will get to that um, so, alright, so I'm Nigerian, um, now that you didn't know, but, um, I'm Nigerian, and I did grow up conservatively, and I am in favor of more, of a more traditional approach, and I love taking care of my family financially, and I love coming home to a cooked meal and a clean house. As for Ro, she comes from a more Jamaican background, and she kind of did too, but not as strict as I think. Yeah, I mean, I was always taught to take care of your husband in domesticated ways, right? Like, you know, I was taught, you know, you don't want to be a woman who can't cook. Um, You know, that doesn't look good. Or, you know, the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. You know, all that jazz. Um, But it also wouldn't be uncommon to see men in the kitchen cooking for their wives based on my culture. Also helping around the house the way I was raised. Um, You know, for example, my cousin 
Kirk, he can cook really well. Um, also, you know, we still have some family at my house who stayed a little bit longer after our wedding. Um, and so when we go over my mom's house just to kind of have dinner with them, my uncle cooks for us. So um, it's something that's pretty normal. Now, of course, there are so many circumstances in regards to the why in that. Um, I feel like there's a lot more one-parent households in my culture than yours. However, even couples that are married, I still see the same thing. Like, you'll see men in the kitchen, you know, cooking stuff for their wives. You know, my dad can cook a little. And, um, you know, again, like I said, some family members in my family can cook. So, yeah. Um, But that's our upbringing, and I get that. Um, And everyone's not the same. You know, also, culture and society has pretty much changed in where they believe their gender roles fall or should fall. Um, you know, more women can't do domesticated things, um, or if they can, they object to being obligated to do it. And um, some, most of the time, this doesn't go well in the home, or the home dynamic is completely changed. And that can cause stress between two people, you know, trying to structure their lives together. Um, so we want to discuss gender roles from a biblical perspective and talk about the benefits of God's way for family. So here are our points. So... The, the first thing I think we should just address is that God certainly made us different, right? So God made us different, and back in Genesis, um, the Bible teaches that God created Adam and commanded him to work the garden and name the animals. So Adam saw the animals, um, each other had their own kind, right? They had a, a male and female in each kind, right? And, you know... God saw that that was good, but um, when he saw that Adam did not have his own counterpart, his own female counterpart, he decides he's going to put make him a suitable helper. He puts him to sleep, takes a rib from him, and he forms Eve, right? But before he forms Eve, he, he goes out of his way. I mean, after he forms Eve, before he names her Eve, he goes out of his way to say she is Ish. I mean, she is Isha because she came from Ish. Um, and in, in that same way that he named the animals, he also named his wife. He gave her his familiar, her, she gave, he gave her her familiar name. And, um, uh, it's just, it's just, it implies that there is equality there of worth. The reason why he brought her out of her side, out of his side is because there is equality. She, she is, he's even calling her Isha, not that she is less than him. But she's call, he's calling her Isha because I now have a, I have a counterpart just like every other animal that was created in creation has a counterpart. That's what he's basically communicating there. So yeah, so um, again, it implies equality of worth, but not necessarily equality in roles. Right. And so like as I am rereading this, um, you see that God gave gave Adam tasks to do and I think it was a way to practice his headship like give him a little hey here's a practice course go ahead and practice that because I'm about to give you a whole human being that you have to like lead and then you're going to pretty much be an example for nations and nations to come on how to lead so go ahead and uh name these animals and uh work this garden as a little practice tutorial um because i mean at the end of the day god is all-knowing right so he obviously knew that adam would need a helper 
even before he created Adam. He knew he was going to create Eve. Like, you know, he knew this. And so he could have created Eve from the very beginning. Like, he could have created her from the top and was just like, hey, here is your helper. Now you guys go name the animals on your own. But he didn't. He only made Eve after all the work was already done. After Adam had practiced his headship, um, in comes Eve, right? right. Um, we also see in Ephesians 5 that the husband has the role of headship in the family. Um, he is to nurture his wife and lead his family lovingly, humbly, and sacrificially. Um, and the wife has the role of nurturing her children and intentionally willing submitting to her husband's um, leadership, being a keeper of the home. Yep. Uh, masculinity and femininity are, are th- these are things that are ordained by God, and men and women are created so to complement and com- or complete um, are created to complement or complete each other. Um, due to the sinful nature of men, though, um, that sometimes results in the abuse of power, which is like a domineering type of effect. If you uh, read the fall in Genesis three, and for women today, they view that as oppression instead of protection. Yeah, I agree. Um, As the years go by, um, more and more women are in such efforts to be equal to men, right? Um, From the corporate ladder to the ladder of their households. Um, Women no longer take joy in just being women. Um, You know, they they literally feel like taking care of their family is an attack on their strength and worth. Like, if you tell somebody, hey, you know, I love being a mom. Like, I love being a wife. I love taking care of my family. Another woman would literally look at you like, you are nothing. Like, you you accomplish nothing. You don't, you, you don't contribute to society because I go out and I work hard like a man, right? And so, um, again, they literally feel like it's an attack on themselves. So um, I'd like to hear your perspective, though, from a male, because I think if I give it an answer, it's going to be like, oh, oppressed woman trying to com- convince other women to be oppressed but from a male's perspective can you break down god's idea for protection for women versus oppression that people think it is well i mean i think that for the most part people need to understand when it comes to this the s word right the forbidden s word submission oh my goodness (laughs) i can already see the hate mail coming in right but uh this is what it comes down to men need to know that Yes, you might be physically stronger than your wife, but you can never, I repeat, you can never make a woman submit to you. In fact, if you read that particular passage in Ephesians chapter 5, it says, wives submit yourselves. It specifically says for the wife to submit herself. So it's something that, it's not something that you can do per se, but it's something that she has to willingly do. In fact, if you have to force her, what you are doing is you're forcing obedience, but you're not forcing. You're not. You're not. Um. You're not creating a, a household of submission. Yeah, now, it's not really submission but now, at but all. but then, right? It's just like it's just like um. It, uh, back in the day, you used to say a thing about uh, say a thing about slaves. If your slave is still on a chain, that means that they're not really a slave. Because mentally, they are free and they're ready to run. They will run away from your plantation if they're given the chance. However, a slave that is not on a chain yet remains on the plantation, that's truly a slave because mentally, he is not ha- he has no will to go and free himself. So there's that aspect. But then the protection aspect, I would say, is that God expects us, just like our captain, Jesus Christ, to lay down our lives. And that means, uh, that's metaphorical and physical. If there was a physical threat of any sort, yes, you are required to be at the front of that. 
as the husband. You are required to protect your wife from any physical harm. And you're supposed to think about that too. Like it kind of bleeds into the the other P, which is the the prophet, which is having the vision to kind of go beforehand, like think ahead of time of how you're going to steer your family away from danger as much as you possibly can, unless you have no choice but to go through it. Okay, I guess what I was getting at is um, how, because a lot of women feel like a submissive role does not protect them. Right. So I know you were talking about protection in regards to a man's role in his family, but I guess what I was getting at is from a male's perspective, can you explain to women how they are protected by God's design for their submission? Right, right. So like the way I, the way I kind of see it is is that if you look around in the different societies of the world, all the different uh, people look at the patriarchy as though it's something that is an evil thing, but all the different societies in which um, males do not lead in in protecting their families, in which, uh, for example, where males are are not in any way, shape, or form um, the monogamous head of their household, where women even share you know, different men or whatever like that, where high, I think it's um, called hypergamy, or not, not hypergamy, but um, polygyny is what it's called. Um, women and children are the people who suffer from that. Women and children. Because if a man doesn't feel he has authority in his house, then he doesn't feel a need to protect it. When things happen, for example, to her children, when things happen to her, he doesn't feel that there's any investment there and there's no reason. Like, if I'm not the head and you, you know, you're going to mess with around with some other guy and there's another guy and another guy and you have children by all these other different men, what is the point of me investing in one house that will protect all of us? Okay, well, what about what about protection for women just in, because I think that's like, that's really good, but it's also really complex. And especially in America, polygamy is not really a thing here. So how are women protected on a one-on-one marriage where um, the man is the head of the household? How? What is the protection? What's in it for the women? Like, what's the protection um, look like? Um, because I feel, I totally agree what you're saying when it comes to like a multi-husband man situation. But I also think that when a man is not the head whole, in just a one-on-one person marriage it still can get rocky now of course you have um men who have kind of been conditioned and they you know are cool with letting their man their women um kind of um call the shots but even in that in in certain areas it shows itself so i guess like what would you say on that well i would definitely say that you don't want your wife to be stressed out and being being the major laborer right so like when god made when god created Eve, he specifically said, I'm creating a help meet. Help, right? That means that you're supposed to be the main one doing the labor in here, and she's supposed to help you. She's supposed to assist you, right? And what I mean by that is like, for example, like in the, in the book of Songs of Solomon, like you get a little bit of a hint here. You get a hint where basically there's a there's a verse that says uh, um I, uh, I am dark but lovely. And it specifically says but lovely. And the reason why it says but is because back then it was one of those things where to be 
fair-skinned meant that you were well-kept. You were not out in the fields. You were not having the sun beat down on you, you know, causing your skin to tan and become darker. You were not out doing physical labor. And she even later on in that chapter complains about the fact that her brothers would put her out in the field as opposed to doing the work themselves that they were called to do. So men overall are called to be laborers. We have to be laborers. We have to be hard workers. Um, as, as one of my... um favorite pastors uh, Paul Washer he put it one time where he was like um he's like I, I men need to learn to go to bed tired go to bed tired he's like when I get home from work after I've been pastoring and, and doing counseling and all this stuff all day I come home and my agreement between me and my wife is that when I get home those kids are mine like you've been with the kids all day you've been stressed out all day I'm not bringing you all the problems for my, my job right now. What I'm asking you to do is to go relax. Go, you've, you've helped me. You've helped me in raising these children. But now that I've gotten home, they are daddies. It's daddy time now. Yeah, and I think that um, it's a great way to explain that because most women think that the reason why men don't want them to work is because they are intimidated by them. Or a man cannot handle my strength. That's why he wants me to submit to him. And um, I don't think it's totally that. I think it's also because men truly desire to work. Where men, where women convince themselves or push themselves to work. Um, and I don't mean that in a way that we're like, women don't like to do things, right? Um, I don't think that every woman just wants to be idle, sitting around, not really doing anything. It, it's seen almost as though, like, men are keeping this this, this secret. Like, it's like, as though we're trying to keep you from this fun of work. It's like, work is not, it, it, work was not meant to, as far as for back in the, um, in the Garden of Eden, it wasn't meant to be strenuous, but now because of the fall, it is something that's strenuous. It's something that you get stressed out by. It's by the sweat of your brow. But, but when you have your wife out there doing all of that and being the major laborer, if she's the beast of burden, she's not going to come back with a clear mind. And, and the other thing is that there's a flip side to this in which there are so many creative ways in which when your wife is not necessarily out there working all the time, that she can put her talents and her efforts towards taking the money that you do bring in the house and flipping that with with those talents that God has given her. Um, many of your many of your um, wives are great educators. They're great teachers. They're great. Um, they, they even have um, you know good uh, just just rapport with human beings in general, and they can use those things to help other people's children, to help other people's families, to to bring more money into your household. Yeah, it's funny because, like, so tell anybody, right, um, tell anybody that you want to be a stay-at-home mom, take care of your kids, but a stay-at-home working mom, right? Tell anyone, hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to do this entrepreneurship thing. I have these skills, and I want to monetize them for my family while my husband does the main work, and they'll literally look at you like you're insane, but watch them. They all end up picking up side hustles right after a while it's like okay so you have your main job and as a woman you feel so great and you're you know kind of shunning me because i would like to stay home and be a mom and then oh but oh so now you want to do painting on the side oh now you want to do photography because you don't want to work like like, exactly (laughs) and 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 there are so many other creative ways in which women have always contributed to the households um their their husband's households 
And, uh, and that's even before kids, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is all stuff that can be done to help multiply your wealth and help, you know, like, you read Proverbs 31, and she's taking her husband's money, and she's taking it to the markets, and she's trading, she's making sure that, like, his wealth is being multiplied in multiple ways. So, I don't, I don't see it as a downside when someone says that they're a stay-at-home mom. And what happens is, like, even what you just did just a second ago, like, you said, I'm a stay-at-home working mom. It's like, well, yeah, that's to emphasize the fact that all stay-at-home moms do is work. I don't know why people, when they say, oh, you're just a stay-at-home mom, it's like, just a stay-at-home mom. Do you know what that entails? Do you know that? I saw, like, a um, there's a Facebook uh, video. I'm sure you, some of you guys may have seen it, where um, it's, an, it's a job interview, and they're like, yeah, we're going to need you to stay on your feet um, basically 24 hours a day. Um, we're going to need your um, attention on the, on, on, like on the fly at any moment. Um, you're going to need to make um, some executive uh, company decisions. Uh, um, and we just need you to really, really be there at all. And they're like, is there any time to like sit down and eat? Um, there's not a lot of time. Maybe, maybe while, you know, maybe while the, uh, while the CEO is, is on break, you can probably take a, a 10 minute break or a 15 minute break. I can already see where this is going. And, and exactly. <laughs> and then, and then they finally ask him, so what, like, what is What's your uh, experience? Yeah. So yeah, exactly. And then, and then they finally asked, well, we already have somebody who, um, who actually has the job and they're, they're, they're getting ready to, uh to retire and you want to know who the person is and they finally like they're like um no who's the person like it's my mom it's your mom and like moms do a lot like let's not let's stop acting as though stay-at-home mom means you're just a stay-at-home mom like i hate that 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 stigma that's placed on it yeah and i think that um of course i think women know the amount of work that's to be done but i think stay-at-home moms um I guess the idea, I guess the thing that's on women's head is that they're not really compensated for that. Now, if they were, then they would be making a lot of money. But so, but, but, but when, when you say stay-at-home working mom, it's because you can stay at home and while running your business. Like, okay, so let's, let's think about this, this issue of compensation, right? Um, there is, the, there is a, I think that there is compensation, and I think it, it kind of needs to be discussed. So... When you are, when you, if you were to think about it like this, if you had to pay a maid, right, Mm -hmm. to do your laundry, how much is that going to cost per year, right? And you had to pay someone not only to do your laundry, but also to cook, so you had to pay a cook as well. This maid has to be able to cook. Mm -hmm. And you have to also, like, have, like, a hotel cleaning service, right? Someone's going to, like, all, like, that's essentially what your home is. Your home is basically... A nice hotel. You're coming back home to it, and if it, and, it, and if it was to be clean, and you had to pay someone to do all those things, like this is the worth of your woman because she's doing this for the household, right? And the thing is, what is the compensation for that? Like, like it kind of says in that particular uh, song of Solomon, where where she's not kept well. You're you're, you're not going to be kept well. You're not gonna you're not gonna be able to use your um your talent and it's also going to suffer is in regards to what it says in that particular psalm is it suffers from your beauty like you can't even keep yourself well you can't even you can't even like like look the best that you want to look because of the fact that you're preoccupied with all the other things that your man was supposed to be doing in the first place right and so i think we've kind of beat this horse dead (laughs) so i want to get to the next point um but this is awesome so yeah so so to wrap it up um 
women and men are different. Um, this is why uh, most men can't cook. They're not raised to cook. And even if they can, they would rather not cook. Um, men like to build. They like to work. They take joy in providing for their families. And so with this, women should not look at that as a stress to them or as an attack on them, but an opportunity to show up in your home. Okay. So our second point is um, melting masculinity. Men don't want to be men anymore. So I'm going to start this off and then I'm going to see um, if Sam has any comments on, on this one. Um, so here, here's my thought process, right? I totally agree with the man as a household and, you know, women compliment their men, right? Um, but I think it gets a lot harder, kind of like what you were saying. It gets a lot harder when that man isn't leading. Like now men are kind of just like, yeah, we can split the bills. Yeah, we can, you know, you can work just as much oh, as yeah. I can. And, and, and so it's like, so you expect me to go to work, work 40 hours just like you do, come home, take care of the kids, and have a cooked meal for you every day, and make sure that I'm ready and prepared for, you know, marriage people things at the end of the night. Like, no. Like, like not, and not to say no, but it's a lot harder. Like, it's, well, and, and, and keep up my beauty. Like, now I'm at work. I'm just eating whatever's in front of me. I'm getting fat. Because you have me out here doing what I'm not supposed to be doing. So um, why don't men want to be men anymore? Why have men stopped leading their homes financially? Well, I think that, honestly... What that comes down to is basically the you have two heads of households, and when you have essentially two heads of households means no head of household. It's kind of like with the state, like whenever you have everybody owns it, it means nobody owns it. Like like any public any public thing that that everybody owns technically, then therefore nobody owns and nobody can impose their will on anyone. Um, so the same thing happens in the household with the egalitarian kind of point of view that uh, that you know. We should split everything down the middle. Therefore, if she wants to go left and you want to go right on something, at the end of the day, how does the family decide where where do you go? I mean, y'all gonna do paper, scissors, rock on it? Like what y'all <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so at the end of the day, when 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 you're when you are as a man, you're you're saying to yourself, I wanna split the bills with you. Well, that's not going to necessarily work in that particular scenario. I think that you should set yourself up or set your family up so that they depend on as far as like the um as far as the uh these the sustenance of the household should come from you. Now if your wife is still working, that's fine, but just know that her income is supplementary. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so I think it's like a, a pretty um good transaction, right? So you're the man, you make the money in regards to paying the bills, right? That does not mean that that's the only money that can come into your household. I think women need to be clear on this. Um, your man is just making money to take care of the bills. It's a great transaction because, one, I'm not stressed to where I can make money doing my actual passion and work it hard enough to make my own money, but also know that if it all goes downhill, I still have my have house. We still have a base. And then, but in the same breath, I'm so grateful for you because I'm not out here paying our bills. So there is a dependency that I don't think women should shy away from. There's nothing wrong with being right. dependent that's, on that's, your husband. And, and, yeah. and, 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 and so it's a great um, exchange. It's a great exchange there. Knowing that you want, knowing that you actually do want a husband in which, on which you can depend on, a husband that is dependable, will also help 
you in regards to how you raise your daughters in in the future and even the women now who are, who even listen to this podcast if they do want to gear their minds towards okay if i do want to be if i do want to depend on my husband for that base then i'm going to actually do a much more thorough vetting process as far as for who i decide to marry right and i think that there's another thing i want to say is i think that sometimes we making it a lot harder than it needs to be kind of like what you were saying earlier when you don't feel like you have authority over something, you're not going to take care of it. You're not going to want to lead it. It's like if you borrow something from your friend, you're not going to take care of it as much as it as you would have if you right. purchased it on your own. So if a man feels like, you know, the house is not his, why would he be focused on leading it? And, you know, and protecting it and, and keeping it. Right. And, and it's like and, and, and then it's like not only that, but whenever you put money into something, you pr- assume ownership of it there's no way that you're because I've, I've seen men on facebook say well we're a team so why can't we split the bills and it's like <laughs> and it's like and it's like if if i have to put money to, to these bills you better not try to put right. man type of it, headship on this you can't say oh yeah can you contribute to this household but yeah i get final say it's like what, do what, you what that evokes whenever whenever you say that and you say she needs to contribute 50 percent, <clears throat> and then the woman then comes back and says well if you're going to make me split 50%, I want 50% of the authority. That It's your lack of leadership as a man that is evoking exactly what they show in, in uh, Genesis chapter 3 where it says, um, your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule you. Some people look at that as though it's like, oh, your desires. Okay, women are now attracted to men and they're going to be desirous of you. No, the desire that they're using there is the same desi- that same word is used or, uh, in, in the next chapter with Cain and Abel where Cain is um, is angry at his brother Abel for his offering not being accepted and Abel's offering being accepted. And God comes up to him and says, sin's desire is for you. In other words, sin's desire is to usurp you. It's to take your authority away from you. It's to control you. And what they're saying there in Genesis chapter 3 in the fall is that the woman's desire now, based off of the now that the world has fallen into sin, is going to be to usurp the authority of the man. Well, if you don't lead, you are giving way for her to usurp your authority. And it naturally happens. Actually, that that is a very... Yeah, because survival, right? It's a vivid, you know, it's a vivid illustration. I mean, because survival, right? Yeah. Like if... And this, men have to... I believe that um, we have to get men falling in love with leading their homes financially again. And then we have to get women to not see that as an attack on themselves. Um, Because, yeah, it's like, it's it's, it's like you were saying, um, you know, women don't trust men anymore and men don't trust women. And so it's like, well, I need to have my own because survival, I need to make sure that if you drop the ball, I'm still going to stand on my own. So I'm going to get a corporate job and I don't care what you say, Mr. Man, because as a woman, I have to fend for self. And it was not like that. Um, and, um, you know, we've kind of just been discouraged. Ask yourself this in regards to survival. All right. Think about this. When you rent a car, do you go and change the oil in your rental car? (laughs) Right. I'm pretty sure everybody knows the answer to that is no. I don't even change the oil in my purchase cart, so I shouldn't be given any oh, opinions. Lord, here we go. <laughs> anyway, we're going to be getting that done soon anyway. But, uh, yeah, so do you change the oil in your rental car? No, you don't. And the reason why don't you change the oil in your rental car? Because it ain't your car. Exactly. Ownership. You don't own that particular thing. But if it was your car... 
you would make sure every so often, whenever it's time for your oil change, you get your oil changed, right? That would be the exact, that's the perfect illustration as to why I think that you should have men more financially invested in leading their households. The reason why is because you will actually care more. You'll get more out of that man whenever he is financially vested in the in 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 making sure that house is provided for. Yeah, and again, um it doesn't have to be this hard. I feel like a lot of time is spent with women trying to change men's biological upbringing and men trying to change a lot of women it's just like it doesn't have to be this hard men are literally telling you what they like women are literally telling you what they like it doesn't have to be that hard it, men like to work let your man work and stay home like and and find a way to produce an, another thing that that you feel will bring you worth even though your worth is in christ at the end of the day find a way to you know um, find something that kind of brings you worth. And then and the same for women. I'm, I don't need to be spending my whole life trying to convince a man that I'm equal to him because we've been doing it for decades and we still haven't gotten anywhere. Does, has it not clicked to anyone that maybe this just isn't working? Well, what we've gotten, it, what we've gotten is a whole bunch of, um, it's like this, this uh, what's the word they use for that? Where it's like, um, we are co-parenting. That's what we've gotten out of this. Co-parenting is the new norm, and I don't, I don't, I just don't, I don't, I don't necessarily like that because I feel like it's a consolation prize. I don't, I feel like it's like thanks for playing, so we gave you this like you know this uh, secondary trophy. Like it's like no, you you want the first place trophy. You want the trophy that is going to say that yeah, I I am I am doing this right. I'm doing this God's way. And therefore, it has, re- it has reaped me blessings. It has reaped me benefits. And, you know, the other thing I want to mention on this is that this helps you cut your coat according to your size. Because what happens here is that when you have two incomes coming in, the, uh, two, uh, two people going out to work, there are extra expenses that come with that, right? Especially when kids get into play. Oh, yeah, exactly. There are extra expenses that come with that. When you have a job and you have to go drive far away, you're going to need a car. Um, if you, Therefore, you're going to need two cars. Therefore, you're going to need, uh, when kids come into play, you're going to need daycare to take care of the kids. You're going to need, you know, uh, there's all these other things that you have to insure. Like, even even for, even when it comes to, um, to uh, uh, what was I about to say, man? All right. Anyway, so the point the point is that the point is that when it comes to the the two income, there, there's even a book on this called the two income trap, and uh, basically, essentially, that's what happens. You you are upping your yes, you're upping your income, but you're also upping your expenses. So yeah. you're basically negating the the secondary the secondary income. income. Like it's like so many times we we have two. Um, income and then the women are like daycare is so expensive it's like duh because you should be raising your own kids like <laughs> duh, <laughs> right, right, like right, right. of course i'm gonna right. charge you i'm gonna like to take care of your kids so yeah. and so um but yeah so do you think that feminism or radical feminism yeah. um has discouraged men to want to leave um i think it's it's one of those situations where men as far as in society anyway, are, yeah, they're discouraged to lead. They're definitely discouraged to lead. And what happens is they don't want to, but they, they're scared to say it because they know if they say it, they'll get the verbal abuse of the patriarchy commentary. They'll get the the, the, the verbal chastisement of, 
um, well, you know, you guys are, you guys look, look at, look at, look at the rate at which you know men are doing this to women, or doing that to women. They're abusing women. They're leaving women. They're cheating on women. They're doing all these different things. Like, yeah, but we also want to focus on the good men too. Like, yes, those are bad men who do bad things. But I want us to say to ourselves, if we, if 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 we as Christians can say. We're going to raise our women in such a way that they're only going to choose this caliber of a man. Then the men have no choice but to be that caliber of a man. Right. Right. And same, same. And and also, and also, I should say this is that this is actually primary. I should have said this first. Um, Men, you have to be like you. You have to be content. Like we talked about this, particularly in my church in um, Proverbs chapter five. Um, women are, I mean, men are these days, they don't remember their wife in the days, days of their youth, right? You're even marrying these women later now so that you, you, you hardly get to see her youth. But, but the point is that is like, you should be sufficed with your own. God has given you what he calls a wellspring. In other words, he's dug a well for you. He has given you this thing that you can go to to get water to be replenished. That's what water does, right? It refreshes you to, to, to even, you know, clean yourself with all stuff that the water does naturally for us. But instead, you're sharing it or you're going to other people's wells, right? And that's this is what men do. And this is even, even today, sometimes feminism gets women to do this. Women have been given a man and instead of instead of keeping that man, and, and letting that man be hers and hers only, because he has such a voracious sexual appetite, she wants to bend to that and allow him to go out and sleep with other women. And the Bible says, why would you allow your, your, your waters to be shared amongst the people? Why would you, why would you allow your cistern to, 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 to be shared by all these other people? And what she'll do is she'll invite another woman into their bedroom. And we know how that worked out. We saw what happened with Sarah and Abraham, right? That, that, that is not... It's not it, trying to allow, trying to allow room for discontentment where a man is he's not satisfied by his one wife, is I, a recipe for disaster. And that's and I think what Sam is getting at there is that's what brings the distrust for women in letting a man lead them completely, um, and 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 that's what kind of brings us ties it back into the topic today. Um, so yeah, um, I think that. The women are changing. Um, no one wants to be traditional anymore. They view it as an attack. And, um, yeah, I, I do think that radical feminism definitely played a huge role in that, um, from splitting women from men, telling them they don't need men, we're only going to give you government assistance if you are if you lack a man. And, you know, here we are today. So, yeah. Um, so that wraps up our second point. Um, our third point is going to be short and sweet. Um, and just grace, right? Grace in those roles. So we talked a lot today about um, roles. Um, I think you guys can get from this podcast that, you know, we're pretty um, traditional God and we want to do it God's way, right? But also God calls us to show grace, right? To help each other along the way. So whatever the circumstances in your home, whether you're a woman working now with an end goal to stop working or maybe you're working right now, cool um you still committed to helping each other along the way right Mm -hmm. so it's like yeah my role might be to 
you know, take care of the home. But if I leave a dink, a, a, a dink, if I leave a dish in the sink, help me out, bro. Like, you know, like, or if, or if I am, you know, I like that dink. Or, or if I am making, or if I am making some extra money on the side and, you know, for some reason something comes up and maybe your check can't take care of it all, help, help your husband out. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like, Show grace, and and even on the flip side, there 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 are going to be times in which the husband, you know, you guys have done the responsible thing. You saved up for a rainy day, and maybe based off the economy, your husband loses his job, right? And um, where's where there there's going to need to be grace there as well, because as he's searching for that job, he's he's searching to make sure that he lands on his feet so that his family's taken care of. Um, let's make sure that as because uh, I've seen it done in different households where. Um, the man loses his job and therefore he, he himself feels like he's demoralized because he's lost his job. That's one of his identities, right? Um, instead, instead of finding his identity in Christ, but, um, he feels like he's lost his, his manhood by losing his job. But then on top of that, the woman then also gets the dagger eyes towards him and maybe she demoralizes him because of you know well what what use are you if you can't blah 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 and it's like well it's good that you save for a couple rainy days that's good but in the meantime get back on your feet go ahead and go and get that job or whatever but you know show that husband grace you know love on that man so that he can so he does if he's feeling pressure from both sides because he's already going to feel pressure from the world they're going to be like well you know you lost your job and Where's your manhood and yada yada yada? But then when he comes home, he has to come home to that too. After after applying all day, then you know I I, I don't see that being very conducive. I think a motivational more uh, point of uh, uh, approach would be more helpful to him. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some men that do need a foot in their behind in regards to motivation. Um, and and I think based off of each scenario, we'd play that kind of by ear. Because there are some people who do need to kind of be told a very much so like, hey, you need to go and do X, Y, and Z, right? But I think the way that you go about doing that can either be God-honoring or sinful, right? All right. And then just to kind of wrap this up, if you think about it, the reason why you're asking, the reason, the only reason why you're attacking your husband and telling him that he's not a man because he doesn't have a job is because biologically you believe everything we just said. <laughs> <laughs> like literally it's like, Put a pretty bow on that it's like biologically your, your nature is to believe that the man is supposed to take care of the home. And when he doesn't, when he loses, let your man lose your job. See how quick you get on the train of what we're saying. Exactly. And that's pretty much um, what it is. So um, I hope we didn't ramble too much. Um, gotta run. So with that, we're going to wrap this up. Thank you guys for listening. Um, let us know what you think. Um, let us know what your ideas are on gender roles. What's happening in your home? What are you thinking? Um, we'd love to hear from you. Um, Sunday where you will finally be honeymooning. So, um, we may do a podcast for you, um, while we're traveling, but we may not. So, um, see you when we get back and, um, we hope you have a great week. Take care guys. Bye. Bye.